Hello, and welcome to The Laddercast, where we teach you how to leverage your assets to change your life. I'm Sorsha Porter, and in 2016, I bought my first home, which completely changed the trajectory of my life. I turned that property into a business, a trip around the world, a new career, and quadrupled my household income. And now I'm a real estate agent licensed in Oregon and Washington. And I'm Shannon McAllister. After finishing college with a degree in finance, I was in a job I hated but couldn't quit because I wasn't making enough money. I signed up for a class to learn about mortgages taught by a real estate investor. 17 years later, I'm a nationally licensed mortgage lender, homeowner, and investor myself. We aim to educate how getting on the property ladder by owning just one home can change lives. It changed ours. Hello and welcome back. We're happy to have you today. Today, we are talking about how to shop for a mortgage lender. Woo, that's me. Yep, that's Shannon. We have, well, I can help with this anyway. Yeah, yes, she is a mortgage lender. But we've talked a lot about like how to shop for a realtor, how to shop for a house, how to shop for an investment property. But we haven't actually talked about how to shop for a lender. And that's kind of a big deal because it's really hard to buy houses with loans if you don't have a lender. Correct. And there's a difference between shopping for a lender and your person and shopping for a mortgage. There is. Now, how do most people shop for a mortgage? Most people, I think, start with their local credit union or their bank, the places they know, Yeah. right? These people offer mortgages and I'm used to them. These are my people. I'm going to my people. Fair. You might ask a friend. That's a good one. Friends are, are can be good resources for mortgage lenders. I, I would say if your friends say, I don't really remember. I think this guy, but I don't remember a lot. That's probably not a great mortgage lender. No, but if they had a great person who helped them and educated them, That's probably a good referral source and a good place to start thinking. Absolutely. If you already have your realtor picked out, you can ask your realtor. Most realtors have a list of three to five lenders that they work with regularly Mm -hmm. who they love and have done a good job for other clients. Mm -hmm. Um, As much as I would love to, it is illegal for me to only work with Shannon. And uh, we just want to tell him. (laughs) We just want to tell him. No, no, no. no. We're joking. We're joking. SEC. We're joking. (laughs) Um, But but we we all have to work with other people within our profession, and most of us know multiple people who do lending or are realtors and refer those out when we like w- working with them. Mm-hmm. So realtor is a great resource. Um, some people go to Rocket Mortgage, right? Well, sure, you get online and you shop. You type in shop for a mortgage, and Rocket Mortgage comes right up to the top, and you see all of the advertisements for yeah. them online. And you can get a pre-approval pretty fast and easy. That sounds pretty good, pretty okay. It does. And that is that is a way. That is it is I a think way that some people, people do, do it. it. I in this market it doesn't work super well because realtors are suspicious of the validity of a rocket mortgage pre-approval because the the variance on what you get with the lender there is so significant. Some of them are very it's you know, it's a big company. So some of them are very thorough, just like in any big company. There are great employees who do a really good job and work mm-hmm. really hard and know their stuff. And then there's like people who are riding it out till retirement because they don't really want to do anything or they're new and they don't know what they're doing. The other component of it that scares me more than that is I am pretty certain that you can go to rocket mortgage, enter your data yourself and get a pre-approval letter. And that's not real. It, it's true. It's not mm-hmm. the same as having your credit pulled and having a whole workup done on all of your finances, having a human, having a human look, look at, at everything. Yeah. It's just not the same. And that for that reason, a lot of uh, people will go and get pre-approved through rocket mortgage. And then they'll find out like in the middle of their transaction 
but actually they're not approved for that house. Fat fingered something or, you know, I made a mistake on my income and when they went to verify it, it was wrong. So in general, I don't recommend rocket mortgage for home purchase. Um, but But those, so that's how people are shopping. That's how people are shopping for mortgage for the most part. One of these, usually one of these solutions, but here's the thing. We don't think you should shop for mortgages. You should shop for a good lender. I believe in that. I believe in that because there are certain circumstances where you need the right person. You you need the right person, especially if you are an advanced real estate or an investor. You have complicated tax returns if you are self-employed. If you have anything other than the standard single family, one homeowner, you need a good person to be your partner. And that's the deal. We've, we've talked a lot about partnering and building your team. Yep. And that is a crucial piece. Well, and it's interesting because like I... You know, a mutual friend of ours, he's been a realtor for like 20 years and he, he puts it this way. He's like, you go to Chase or you go to Wells Fargo and they have like four set there. If they're a shoe store, they have four sizes of shoes. And if you only fit in one of these four sizes of shoes, they're, if you don't fit in one of those four sizes, they're going to deny your loan. They're going to say, no, you don't qualify for a mortgage because they only have a limited number of sizes or like one size fits, one size fits most. So if you don't, fall into that category, you might get denied. And then you're like, well, now I can't get a home. But the reality is you go to a different lender who has different understandings, who has different tool, who, who has, I guess, just more experience than a lot of those people. Like he always would describe Shannon as Shannon has all the sizes. <laughs> Shannon has all the sizes of shoes and she's great at looking at someone's financial profile and figuring out which shoe fits best. And what I think that really means if, mortgage person were to translate that is that Shannon understands Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac guidelines, FHA guidelines, and knows what's permissible under those guidelines. And as long as it fits those guidelines, that's what's doable. And a lot of banks have overlays that restrict those things to make it more safe for the bank. Or there are instances where people just don't, especially when you get into the more complicated files, people don't understand how to read and translate tax returns yeah. and things like this. And that's where that's where things get tricky. And that's where you are definitely shopping for your person who has lots of sizes of shoes. Yep, exactly. So, so once you have identified a lending partner, here are some things that you can go check out about that person. Yeah. So you, you now maybe you have some people that you're considering, yeah, right? You've, you've talked to your friend, you've talked to your realtor, and you've got two or three people that you're talking to. Now, how do we pick? So there are a few things you can think through. Um, NMLS, that's the National Mortgage Lending System or something along those lines. The Federal Mortgage Licensing Agency. Is your person licensed federally? Do they have all their ducks in a row and all those things? And, you know, there are certain ethical standards that those agents, that those lenders have to abide by. There are rules and regulations. It's monitored. You want someone with an NMLS number. Yeah. If you don't see an NMLS number, you don't want that lender. Yeah. Um, There are different types of, there are different types of licensure for mortgages, depending on what you're trying to do, whether you are a national lender or you're state by state. There are instances of people who are just lending in the state they're in. They may not need to be registered with the NMLS. They might just need to be registered with their state. And that's okay too. But check out these things. Look into it. Just know who you're dealing with. And to that end also, where do they lend? Which is important here where we're on the border of Oregon and Washington. Mm -hmm. Where sometimes lenders only lend in Oregon or only lend in Washington. And maybe you're someone who's like, I could live in Vancouver or North Portland. Mm -hmm. That makes a difference. So if you're thinking you might want to you're just looking for the right house on either side of the river. You need to make sure that your lender is licensed on both sides of the river. Same with your realtor. Yep. Yep. And then of course reviews, 
What are people talking about online? Do they like them? Did oh, they say? Did yeah. they say that they blew that they blew up their deal and ruined their life? Hopefully not. Hopefully, Hopefully not. not. But also, there's a lot of good things being said. So just yeah. know who you're dealing with and know who your options are and what those things look like. That's yeah. one way to go about it. And I also just you know a lot of people will shop for mortgage specifically, which. When we talk about shopping for a mortgage versus shopping for a lender, the thing that you need to know is that if you are like what I would, what we would call like a boilerplate financial profile being that not, not in like a bad way, but like you work, you and your partner both work a W2 job. You don't have a lot of other sources of income or assets. You are maybe buying your first home or maybe your second home and you just have a primary residence. You're going to get roughly the same mortgage, no matter where you go. The pricing is going to be about the same. So at that, those people are often shopping for mortgages just because they fit in all the shoes. They do. So that's a, a very standard, traditional home buyer. You're shopping for a conventional mortgage with set set of terms. And so you're going bank to bank. And at that point, you are likely shopping for the mortgage. You are trying to see which bank has the least fees or the lowest rate to help you get into that house. Because at this point, money counts. Yep. And there isn't much you might need to learn or know or really rely on your loan officer to help you get through the transaction. Other can they do it proficiently and timely and accurately. And can they provide you a pre-approval letter based on what you apply for? Mm -hmm. So, cause, and, cause you find oftentimes you find a house on the weekend. Oh yeah. So, yeah. And so if you are one of the people who are in the fortunate position to be really shopping for a mortgage, what do you do then? How do you do that? Well, do you have any examples you can give us? I do. As a matter of fact, I am prepared. Ready? Um, I actually encountered this a couple of weeks ago. I have a, I had contact with a lovely couple who was pre-approved with a bank here in town. And the morning they were going out to look at houses, got online just to do a quick little Google roo about anything better or special out there, what are rates are doing? Like, and he came across the Homes for Heroes program, ah. which got him hooked up with me. Real and quick, what's Homes for Heroes? Homes for Heroes is a national program that I belong to that gives a little bit of money back to qualified buyers, which are first responders, educators, healthcare workers, as a way to say thank you for doing the good job that you do in making this community run. Um, pretty cool program. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. It's It's just a thank you program to good humans who make this community happen. And so because he Googled and got hooked up with Homes for Heroes, he got hooked up with me. On a Sunday morning, I got a bunch of pings and emails from Homes for Heroes that this person was out shopping, and he and I connected, and that was great, and we talked about it. And so what he at first thought was that Homes for Heroes was a specialty mortgage program that might be able to do him some good outside of a standard Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac conventional situation. So we talked that through, because that's not the case. No, it's a specialty first responder program that gives you money back. It's a, it's a, it's a little way to save a little extra cash on top of the mortgage that is already the right one for you as a way to say, thank you for doing the work for that you service. do in our community. Yeah. Um, so we talked through that and that was great. And then we talked about, well, you're already pre-approved. Have you shopped around? Are you sure that you're working with the right people, the right mortgage? Um, and in consideration of the homes for heroes program, let's just make sure you've got the right thing. And so we did that. And what I came to learn is he was pre-approved, easy, slam dunk, no problem. They can go shopping for whatever they want. And the person they've been working with gave them buckets to choose from, like just, just scenarios to help them think through some things. And by buckets, you mean they, they generally looked over their profile and said, oh, you're definitely going to be approved, and then gave them examples, not necessarily diving deeply into their, into their specific numbers. 
of what the bank would would lend based on certain scenarios. Something like that. Yeah. So they were fully pre-approved. They, they, they send in all their information. They, like they did, are they qualified did a, for a loan yeah. and they gave them a couple of different examples of what that loan might look like yeah. based on different factors. Well, so yeah. So um, different price buckets, 675, 750, 800. And he put those three side by side, he, she, whoever. Because they're looking at things in that in range. That range. And so as a second set of eyes, when I'm preparing these things, I look through that. And yes, that, that is that is a way to go about it. You're given these ranges. Here's roughly what you can expect. That's great. It's not super specific to any one thing, which is hard because if you don't have the range and if you're shopping in a range of $125,000 plus or minus, tricky, right? But the difference was the person didn't take the time to work up full itemized fee estimates at each of those three price buckets mm-hmm. because the closing costs do change at those three price buckets. Closing In costs a way. are a factor of your purchase price and loan amount. And at those three buckets at 675, 750, 800, closing costs will be different. And it's Maybe not, like, not insane, but it's no. it's not not noticeable. And it's it's the difference in details. And so instead of working up three individual itemized fee estimates for each of those three ranges, they just lumped summed information together to compare roughly. And what they were really comparing was down payment between the two and monthly payment is what the intent of the summary was meant to be. But it's the difference in details, I guess, is what I'm trying to get. I'm a little in the weeds about a nitpick because I'm a nitpicker. But in my opinion, it's when you're shopping for a mortgage and that you're running into the same thing across all the same things, you're back to who are you shopping for? Yeah. And 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 what are you getting for what you're paying for? Well, and I think that most people, when it comes to the biggest investment they've ever made, would like to be kind of nitpicky about what the numbers are. At least that's my experience. And so it was, and I see what was happening. It's very easy to put together three summaries side by side that, but take the extra work to do the extra details. That's where when you are shopping for a mortgage and your mortgage being price and costs and interest rate, if that's constant, then you're back to shopping for the person who's going to give you extra service the information you need, the details you need, the specifics. And frankly, I don't care if you don't want those specifics and the round buckets are good enough for you. I'm going to give it to you the specifics. You got to know what's going on. Yep. Yep. I think education is a huge piece of what your mortgage lender does. And I, I think that at least for me, I look, and I think that the people, if you're listening to our show, which gets kind of into the weeds on things, <laughs> um, you probably care about that too. <laughs> you know, we, that's what, that's what we want. We want to educate people around the process and, and how this works because so many people literally get like rushed through the home purchase process and really don't have any idea how they got to where they were. And, and those people can sometimes end up in trouble a few years down the line when they realize, oh man, I, I can't really afford this, or this wasn't what I was expecting. This wasn't this wasn't really what I wanted financially. Yeah. And so it's important to understand it from the get-go. But it's, you said that it's transparency. Yeah, it's transparency. Absolutely. And for this couple, the difference the difference that I'm nitpicking over doesn't matter. It, it's inconsequential. It really is. But it's it's the level of service that you, I hope, would expect out of somebody who is helping you through this an $800,000 purchase. It, that's a huge deal. And it, it's a service. It's a level of detail. Because again, if the mortgage is constant and the mortgage is the same, then what, then, then how do you choose? Then how do you choose? Yeah, then how do you choose? Well, I mean, so we talked about, you know, you look for the end NMLS registration. You want to look and see where they lend. You want to see what their reviews are. 
And then I, you, I think the third piece is that fourth piece is service and accessibility is, you know, will they, will they answer your question after you get off work at five o'clock? Yeah. You know, and we don't need to be calling people at 11 o'clock at night, but, but you know, are they going to be there when you're available to get your questions answered? Are they trying to help you work out problems or is it just, are they just leaving it up to you to resolve? Do they present you with options? And those are all really important factors. And for me as a realtor, I think that the lender's service and accessibility are super important because it affects how your transaction goes. Transactions are stressful enough. What's really stressful is when you're already in the middle of a stressful transaction and paying the most money you've ever paid for something and you can't get a hold of your lender or the numbers come back vastly different or, you know, you're surprised by something financially. That's the worst. That's the worst. That should be there are sometimes things happen. All of that should be we're not we're not perfect, but but those things should be worked and far between well in advance, like work through those things in advance. So that way, by the time you get to the transaction, things are a little better. And and lenders, at least here in this market where we have where we're pretty, we're still pretty competitive. It's still a seller's market in, in Portland. It's, it's getting we're inching closer and closer to buyer's market. But right now we're still a seller's market. And when I have a seller who's like, well, is this person going to go through with the deal? Are they going to qualify? I'm going to call the lender and I'm going to say, hey, talk to me about this person. What can you tell me? And if that lender doesn't pick up the phone, we might be going with the next offer. So it's really important that you choose your lender wisely and that they are a good fit for you and your needs and that they're willing to educate and spend time with you. So I guess when you shop for a mortgage, shop for a lender who will do those things. Yeah. So two parts, you're shopping for the loan and you're shopping for the person giving you the loan who's hopefully going to explain what the loan is. And compare it to the other things you've been shopping around and explain you why. Yeah. And if they're not willing to take that time, maybe you shouldn't give them yours. Yeah. And I'm not even sure if it's time. It's just... It is time. Deta- it's, well, it's time. It's time. But it's detail. I, I, think, um, I think you don't register it as time because you view it as your job <laughs> and it, you're detail-oriented, but it is time. And there are a lot of lenders who very much see those details as a waste of their time. I've worked with them and my those clients are generally not happy at the end of their transaction. But those are your details that matter. Yeah, they are. They do matter. And I think that caring about those details up front is an important marker of a great lender. So if you're hearing this and you're realizing that Shannon is an exceptional lender because she is, <laughs> you should she's go. gonna nitpick you to death. <laughs> she will. But you know what? You will know what the hell is going on with your finances. You will know what your house is gonna cost. You're gonna know what your what your estimated Closing costs are right up until the very last minute, and you're going to be able to get your pre-approval in hand when you need to, when there's 10 other offers on the table and you need it to need to send it to the other party. That's what you get. That's what I look for in a lender. So if you want to work with Shannon, you should go to theladdercast.com and click work with Shannon, and it will take you to a button that takes you to her website where you, you can where you can fill in a little form and she will respond to you because she's actually on the other end of it. Yeah. And uh, same if, with Sorsha. Yeah, you same can do here. that. I have a button on that website too. But if you want to work with me, you can hit that hit my button um, on the website, and it will take you to my web, my website. There you go. So Websites all around. We like hit some buttons and do some stuff, and we'll and, get back to you. And we will get back to you. But in conclusion, shop shop for the experience that you want, as well as the best financial choice for you. Right. And that it's okay to shop. And it is and okay to shop. It we is okay to it. shop. And tell the mortgage people you're talking to that you're shopping and offer up yep. what you got. Like 
Yeah, let's be transparent. Let's talk about these things. It's cool. Doesn't hurt my feelings yeah, at all. We everybody knows in this industry that you're shopping around, and we're we're willing to put our best foot forward and compete. As we say that, to wrap it up, on an episode that we're going to talk about soon that we do not have on our list in our plan, we're going to talk about trigger leads. What happens to you and why your phone is blowing up when you go shopping for a mortgage? Oh, that's a good one. When, side note: Teacher. When you go shopping for a mortgage, be prepared for hundreds of spam calls. Yes. There you go. All right. So a future episode on trigger leads. But for now, thank you for listening. Check out our website, theladdercast.com. Follow us. Give this episode a like. Share it with a friend. Tell us what you thought. Tell us what you thought. And if you want to buy a house, give us a call. There you go. All right. Thank you for listening. Bye.